Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule, so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. In today's economy, more people than ever are looking to buy and sell businesses. But how do you do it? Welcome to The Deal Board, presented by Transworld Business Advisors. Straight talk about real deals and real people. Listen to stories, interviews, and expert advice to help your business sale, merger, or acquisition process. Now, here are your business exit experts, Andy and Jessica. Welcome back, everybody. And today we're exploring an industry we get a lot of questions about, which is hotel and motel sales. And we have two great experts on the show that we're going to talk about. But kind of before we get to this, this is one of those industries that typically you don't see valued on SDE or EBITDA like we've talked about in the past. Um, so let's, you know, just talk about a couple rules of thumb. So Andy, you know, what would um, what would be a metric that a hotel or motel motel would sell for instead of a multiple of EBITDA? Yeah, a lot of them look at the room rates and they they value them by the door. I've actually heard of some non-branded uh, deals going uh, down for about $40,000, $50,000 a door. And that, you know, of course, is dependent on the, on the room rates that they're getting. And I've seen two or three times room rates. There's been all kinds of metrics uh, that go into building hotels. It is a commercial real estate deal at the end of the day. But as you're going to hear from one of our uh, interviews, Dev Matwani, it's very much a small business. In fact, he calls it one of the hardest real estate businesses to be in. Right. And I mean, they've been very successful though and have a great, very interesting story, right? Yeah, that Dev Matwani and his mother, Romola, and uh, his brother, Nitin, uh, and their dad, Bob, who unfortunately passed away uh, back in 1994, came to this country as immigrants uh, from India to uh, get into the uh, into the small motel business, they did, and they struggled. They came in right when Fort Lauderdale was changing from being spring break capital of the world. They bought there at the height of spring break, and they and then the 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 county and the town of Fort Lauderdale pivoted away from being the spring break mecca, which really hurt their sales. But in the end, he talks about it. It's a great story about how the transformation of Fort Lauderdale really helped them in the end, but certainly in the middle struggled. Uh, you know, they, they used to get kicked out of their rooms, uh, you know, when during season to go uh, sleep in another room because they literally lived in the, in the motel. And we're talking, uh, the Merrick Mac ventures have, uh, projects with him and his brother and his mom. Uh, we're talking Four Seasons. We're talking The Gale. We're talking uh, Miami World Center. We're talking billions of dollars. These are two very smart young men that went to Duke and went on Wall Street and came home uh, when their mom uh, had a project that was above what she wanted to do by herself. And so just a wonderful American dream kind of story worth listening to, uh, just uh, even if you're not interested in the hotel uh, business. Right. And I mean, like you said, it's it's worth listening to this one interview for the entire show, right? We want to listen to all the episodes, but it's one of those can't miss interviews. And then we also have Robert Cuneo, who is the owner of Transworld Business Advisors in San Diego Central, but also an industry expert um, in the hotel industry. So he talks a little bit about, you know, how to break into the industry. It can be hard to break into, um, but also like ways to get into it and what you should be looking for in terms of businesses. If you're looking to buy or looking to sell, what are some key metrics? 
Yeah. I mean, the hotel industry is still expanding, even with Airbnb and those kind of things. It's still expanding. Uh, people love to travel. It's, uh, you know, certainly in the uh, tourist areas, there's still a lot of mom and pop hotels and motels that you could get into as an individual investor and run these hotels. And, uh, you know, Dev uh, talks about it again, uh, being a very labor intensive business, but, you know, it's good for mom and pop and you can jump in and yeah, you got to be ready to uh, man the front desk and and run and maybe clean the rooms. And uh, uh, if you haven't uh, watched uh, Shit's Creek, uh, it's a it's a it's a really cool uh, uh, show about a small motel, uh, and it 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 it, it certainly. Uh, I, I, that's all I was thinking about with, when Dev was talking about having the clean rooms and deal with all the things that go on in a motel. Right. I mean, and it's not unlike any other small business. You have to be able to jump in and get your hands dirty, but in this business, literally getting your hands dirty. Right. And and there is good support for people looking to get into the industry. I mean, we talked um, a few episodes back um, to Choice Hotels, and there's obviously franchise brands that you can get into that that give you some more systems and processes and help you uh, through this journey. But it sounds like we've got two great interviews today, and I think we should just jump right in. Yeah, let's get to it and enjoy. This is truly one of those special interviews. Transworld Business Advisors is the world's largest business brokerage and mergers and acquisitions firm with over 500 brokers in nearly 200 offices worldwide. Transworld's team handles thousands of business sales every year. To be connected with a qualified business broker or learn more about the buying and selling process, visit tworld.com forward slash the deal board or call 888-719-9098. Welcome back, everybody. And today, as you know, we're talking about purchasing a hotel as a business. And I have an expert with us that's going to talk to us a little bit more about this industry. So Robert Cuneo, welcome back to the show from our Transworld San Diego central office. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Jess. So tell us a little bit, what's the hotel market look like for someone that's looking to purchase a hotel right now? It's very... Uh, it's quite different because the, a lot of the hotel um, buyers um, are from a, um, a background where they already own hotels and they're looking to buy additional properties. Uh, so it's, it's sort of different from um, potentially other types of business sales where somebody might be getting into something for the first time. Usually the, the people who are interested in buying hotels are those that have a background uh, in that. And oftentimes they're in families that uh, are, are really uh, focused on those types of business opportunities. So you might have multiple family members that own different types of properties and they might be looking at things collectively as you know, a group, as an investment. So uh, so it's, it's very different. And these opportunities are, you know, they can range from, you know, under a million to, you know, uh, we have a listing that's up to uh, $110 million right now. So there are, you know, significant, you know, um, variations depend on the type of property that it is. Interesting. And not surprising that it's, it's very much dominated by families and people that have invested in that space before. But let's say you're a first-time buyer into the space and you really want to get into the hotel industry. How are these transactions different than your typical business that you would buy? Well, you know, obviously the resources requirements are going to be a lot different and you're going to need to have experience, right, in order for a bank to, you know, be willing to, to finance these things. Also, some banks have a certain portfolio of um, financial products and if they've reached a, um, 
a maximum in terms of, you know, how many hotels they're willing to finance. They may not be willing to finance it. So you need to kind of whittle it down to, you know, what are the, uh, what are the financial institutions that would be uh, able to uh, participate in that with you? But they're going to be looking for, you know, significant experience uh, managing these types of properties. Uh, and you're going to have to have, uh, you know, a good amount of uh, uh, down payment as far as, uh, you know, resources available out of pocket. So it sounds like a good opportunity, you know, for two partners, maybe one that has an operating experience in hospitality or hotel management and the, another one that has the capital resources behind it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And that's where uh, often the families will come together too, because they can pull their, their funds to, you know, uh, collectively provide for the down payment. Great. Anything else that you would give uh, as in terms of advice to buyers that are looking into this space, maybe, you know, or even other options if they don't have the hotel management experience? Yeah. Well, in terms of advice, I mean, you just have to, you know, the valuations are done a lot differently, right? And it's probably uh, more important than ever to get an, uh, a, a valuation opinion uh, from somebody who has a background in valuing hotels. We don't... Um, we don't look at them how we would typically do a, a business where there's property involved. You know, in our world, uh, normally we are looking at, you know, what's the value of the business and then what's the value of the property and combined and that would become the offering price. But in a hotel, it's really all based upon the income that it's producing and, you know, the revenue per room, uh, you know, different criteria like that, vacancy rates, uh, you know, the types of amenities that the hotel offers, the conditions that it's in, have they done an improvement, you know, plan recently, or does a buyer have to invest in those types of things? So there's a lot of different aspects to um, how to determine what the value is. And it's regional in nature too. So a hotel, you know, in um, some parts of the country might be valued at maybe um, four to five times revenue. Um, but, in say the West Coast, California, where I'm from, right, that can be as high as seven times, you know, and, and buyers might, might be willing to pay that premium. But most of the buyers that I come in contact with are looking for things that make sense. You know, businesses, just like our traditional businesses, that pencil, right, and that have, um, you know, financials that make sense and are going to be providing a return on investment that is good for them. That's great. That's great information and great advice. I know our listeners are always very interested in anything valuation driven. And this sounds like it's a very specific type of valuation. It also sounds like in these type of deals, it's really important to have an expert that you're working with in terms of a business broker or someone else. So in that regards, Robert, if someone wants to learn more about purchasing a hotel or wants to reach out to you for more advice, how would they get in contact? Um, Please call me directly. 619-538-2942 is my direct line. Um, but you can also um, find more information about hotel-specific businesses um, on my website, which is the uh, sellyourbusinesssolutions.com. So www.sellyourbusinesssolutions.com. Great. Well, thanks again, Robert, for joining us. And we'll hope to have you back on the show. Thank you, Jessica. Hey, Andy, you know what time I think it is? I think it's time to talk about our deal of the week. Deal of the week. Sold. Welcome back, everybody. And today, as you know, we're talking about the hotel and motel industry. And I have Bill Kleinschrote joining me. He's their president of Transworld Business Advisors of Mobile. And he has a recently closed deal that he'd like to tell us about. So, Bill, thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Jessica. Glad to be here. 
So tell us a little bit about this uh, this motel that you recently closed. Sure. Yeah, this this was a uh, interesting deal. It was referred from a realtor, a uh, friend of ours, and it involved both real estate and the business. Originally, the seller just wanted to sell the business by itself, but that didn't really uh, jive with most of our buyer inquiries based on that type of business. Um, and when we're talking about motel, hotel, this is, you know, this listing was, you know, think a horror movie, you know, the, the DEA coming in and it's just really dumpy and, you know, to put it best, a lot of deferred maintenance and there wasn't much value on the business, but the real estate was in a, a pretty good spot um, for all things considered. And, and so we were able to kind of turn the deal into a package deal and get the seller a pretty good deal. It, yeah. And that happens a lot in these, these hotel motel deals, right? It's, it's more of a real estate play than it is a business play. There's a combo deal, but the real estate is, is very valuable sometimes. It is. It truly is. And it, it seems to be, yeah, buyers just came out of the woodwork for this, this deal. It was something that we were not real sure about. We had sold one before and, you know, given the state of condition of the, the property and the building and, just some other things that were, you know, hurdles that we had to look at. We just weren't sure. And man, it was just, like I said, buyers, we had multiple offers on the deal right pretty quickly. Um, and so, yeah, it worked out nicely. Yeah. And the buyer, you, the buyer ended up being who, who was the buyer of the business? So the interesting story about that was the property was, uh, had a good frontage on a, a pretty major act, you know, active uh, highway. And, there was a seat store on an out parcel that was owned part of the property. It was owned by the seller. And so, you know, when we started running this process, uh, the realtor said, well, why don't you check with the seat store owner who's leasing that property? Cause ultimately that's going to impact, you know, his, his deal long term with the lease. You know, the buyer's probably not going to want to, you know, probably going to want to run both the seat store and the motel eventually. And we did. And sure enough, uh, he wasn't very interested and, you know, he didn't have a lot of cash, but he, he did make the best package deal. Uh, we were able to convince the seller to seller finance and, um, uh, overall, uh, deal was, uh, an asset deal, 400,000 total, uh, uh, 25,000 was only allocated to the business. This mm-hmm. gives you a little idea of, of what the state of the business, but, uh, three seventy five on the real estate, and uh, you know uh, a three hundred fifty seller note and fifty down at closing. So it worked out. It worked out nice, and um, like I said, it was uh, it was a good experience uh, all around. And uh, you know, I think you know we'll be we'll definitely go into those situations understanding that there, there really is buyers out there. You know, pretty much for any deal, and this proved it. Right. Right. Very, very good thing to think about, especially in this industry, you know, with the real estate value. But it sounds like overall it was a really good deal, um, found a great buyer and got the seller a great result. So congrats, Bill. And thanks for sharing the story. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Hey, everybody, we're back and we have a very special guest today. And again, we're talking about the hotel industry and basically real estate investment. And I have Dev Dev Mutwani uh, from Merrimack Ventures, and I've had the pleasure of knowing him and his family for years uh, here in the Fort Lauderdale, Miami uh, region. Uh, But they have grown their business to be 
an incredible real estate uh, slash hotel slash uh, development business. And he's about to tell you more, but um, Dev, welcome number one. And why don't you give us a little bit of background uh, and tell you, tell us a little bit about your family story. It's, it's, it's such an incredible success story. Thank you, Andy. I appreciate it. I appreciate you inviting me on today. Um, yeah, uh, the sto story starts with my parents. Uh, both were born in India and uh, moved to the U.S. My dad came over for business school, and then my mom followed him. Uh, they got married and started business together. Uh, we moved to Fort Lauderdale in the mid-'80s, uh, bought our first motel called the Merrimack, uh, hence the company name Merrimack Ventures. And, uh, you know, we really bought the property at the peak of the, uh, of the spring break market. Uh, thinking that, you know, that was going to be our business with the running uh, motels, really targeting the typical Fort Lauderdale visitor. And, uh, you know, it was the American dream uh, that quickly turned into the uh, you know, American nightmare. Yeah. And uh, our, for our city, city uh, forefathers uh, decided to kick out the uh, spring break crowd, which was the lifeline and the really the, the crux of all the business in this town. And so, uh, we quickly had to pivot, um, and, and, and by the way, for the record, I think that long-term it was the right decision uh, sure. in what they did, and certainly led to a lot of positive things, but the way in which they did it was abrupt and not sensitive to a lot of small business owners and created a lot of angst, um, but out of that it came opportunity. Uh, my parents realized that there was now uh, an opportunity on the real estate side to, to pick up some of these more distressed properties. Uh, so while other people were running from Fort Lauderdale, they believed in the market. They believed in the long term. And so they were able to acquire some more properties. And, and that's really how our business transitioned from just being a hotel business uh, to being a real estate business. And so, you know, fast forward to today, uh, between my brother and I, we have a few billion dollars worth of development projects that we oversee uh, in different asset classes, hotels, condos luxury apartments, retail, self-storage, uh, single-family rentals um, throughout, primarily in South Florida, but we have projects and properties throughout the United States. Um, and, uh, you know, I would say that uh, while we're, hotels are, are still only a uh, portion of our business today, um, you know, they're certainly the hardest part of the business when you think about running those properties day to day. And I grew up living in one, you know, my, my, living room growing up was connected to the front desk in the Merrimack. And so you really learn a lot of lessons in the hotel business that are applicable uh, beyond the hotel business. Uh, you learn, you know, how to deal with people. Uh, you learn to negotiate. You know, when I was eight years old, I was negotiating, trying to get, you know, an extra $10 a night from uh, potential guests at the room hmm. uh, for a room. So you really, you learned, uh, you know, how to manage people because it's a manage, uh, people intensive business. Um, yeah, so it's a really good uh, learning opportunity for, for both me and my brother. Uh, we had obviously great um, mentors and, and my mother and father. Uh, father passed away early. Mom took over the business and really grew it uh, into what it is today and, and really laid the foundation for Nitin and I to uh, continue to expand into all these other areas. Um, but that's, you know, that's, that's our story. Hope that was a good uh synopsis, maybe a little longer than you wanted. No, no, that's perfect. In fact, I was going to ask you a few follow-up questions. So 
You know, I, and you did. I know that uh, all, all child labor laws aside, you know, when when you, when you're in a family business, you know, everybody's pitching in. And you know, I even heard stories uh, that, that you've told in the past during uh, peak uh, peak business uh, seasons or peak tour seasons, you would move out of your bedroom to, you know, rent out the room. And that's what it takes when you're a small business owner, right? Yeah. I mean, our, my parents were struggling to survive after the city kicked out spring break, um, you know, working 18 hour days, seven days a week. Uh, we had to all had to fill in in different roles because at times we just couldn't afford the staff and, you know, we had a mortgage to pay. We had, you know, payroll to make. Uh, so that, you know, at a young age, I, um, it was a great upbringing. I'm not complaining. I learned a lot, had a lot of cool things, you know, growing up living in a motel with a restaurant room service on Fort Lauderdale beach. So it wasn't <laughs> all bad, but, but it did require, uh, you know, a little different, uh, work at work ethic at home. And, uh, yeah, that's how, that's how it all happened. Yeah. So, and obviously you and your brother both got pretty good educations after that to, you know, and that's a good message to people too. I mean, even though you're, uh, you bootstrapped it to get into uh, business. You've you've kind of gone out there and learned more about the business, and even went to business school. And you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, no, we're, look, we're both products of Broward uh, Broward Public Schools, so we're we're proud of that. Both went to Harbordale, then Sunrise Middle, and Fort Lauderdale High School, uh, and then we both decided to go to Duke uh, undergrad. So we. Uh, Saved my mom money on, on grade school, but then uh, yeah. got her back uh, <laughs> with uh, undergrad. And, and then, you know, we both moved to New York, worked in investment banking. He was at Goldman Sachs. I was at Credit Suisse. And truthfully, we said we didn't want to be back in Florida and we didn't want to be back in real estate because most of our lives we watched our parents struggle and operating these motels. And we thought that's what real estate was. And we didn't really understand the, the, the broader vision until my mom really took it to the next level and got our first project approved which is a 24-story, you know, 300-unit condo hotel project uh, that was the Trump International, now the Conrad. And, um, yeah, but she did that on her own. She didn't have the money for a land-use attorney, so she did it all herself and learned the process. And she went to law school in India, so she had a legal legal mind. Sure. But, um, but, but certainly had never done anything of this magnitude. Uh, and she just figured out a way to do it. And, and as we saw that from New York, we realized it was more to the family business. And uh, at the same time, Fort Lauderdale had been making a transition from, you know, being that spring break kind of small town into being a, a real city. Uh, and, and, and while Fort Lauderdale was doing that, Miami was becoming even bigger, uh, uh, you know, city with more cultural opportunities. And, and so all of a sudden we could see ourselves actually moving back and living here. And so we both do now. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was a, it wasn't a, a direct path. Uh, we certainly got great education at both Duke and, and then doing our master's degrees at Columbia. But, you know, the real education we got was growing up, living in that family business, watching how our parents made it through the tough times. Um, and, you know, that was that, that's probably the most uh, beneficial uh, education that we got, although uh, the, the Duke and Columbia degree certainly have helped along the way. Yeah, well, all those things kind of reinforce what you're doing moving forward in building literally an empire. I mean, they, they like he, uh, you quickly said, you have billions of dollars worth of projects going. So if, you know, it, talk, uh, yeah, and again, you, you your whole family story is the American dream. Obviously, your dad passed too soon. But, um, you know, your mom turning it around and you and your brother uh, literally growing this into a billion-dollar 
a company. There's still, t- and what our message to a lot of people is there's still tons of opportunity out there for small business people to get into, you know, hotels and, and, and build themselves into a company. So if you, if you wanted to talk to those people, what would your advice be? Uh, my, my first advice is if you're going to get into the, the hotel business, uh, you got to roll up your sleeves and do the dirty work. Um, you don't have to do it uh, forever. I certainly uh, don't, uh, don't get as involved in the day-to-day as I used to. But, but having that understanding of the business at the ground level uh, makes you a much better business person and see if something's off just because of my knowledge of how these things operate. And, and, and a lot of people make a mistake with hotels and think that it's a real estate play. And, um, and while it can be, like in our case where the motels uh, became obsolete and, and the redevelopment opportunity became more beneficial, at the end of the day, we still had to operate those properties on a day-to-day basis. Sure. And uh, hotels are really an operating business, not, and you know, you sell businesses uh, for a living. So, you know, uh, you know, all the challenges that come with that. So, um, so I'd say, uh, you know, that's probably the most important thing. And once you, ha- once you can handle running a motel and, you know, basically having a new set of guests every day and new set of employee problems every day and managing that, um, it becomes easier to look at really any other type of real estate. Um, there's obviously different metrics and, uh, and different uh, things to be considered of, but at the end of the day, uh, the hotels are the most intensive in terms of management. So uh, I think it's a great, great starting ground for growing, uh, particularly in the real estate world. Great. And so uh, let's talk a little bit about what you're seeing out there. So, you know, we certainly have had a, a, a go-go market for at least a decade or a, a near a decade now. And so, you know, do you feel good about the future? Are you being cautious? Uh, do you think there's, you know, more opportunity? You know, I always say, uh, especially with South Florida and other areas of the country that have population growth, uh, it's, it always seems to be a, a good market. You just need to be careful. Yeah, I think that's a great way to describe it. I, I, and, but I think two things are happening. One, you're right, there's population growth. Uh, there continues to be more visitor growth as well. So when we talk about hospitality. Um, so long term, I think we've got a, a tremendously bright future down, in, uh, particularly in South Florida. Um, but it is a cyclical market, just like the economy can be cyclical. So you do have to be cognizant of that. Sure. Um, we, are, we t- tend to look at assets more long term. And so um, while we're not immune to short-term cycles, uh, we, we kind of structure the business around being able to, to weather them in all circumstances. So, um, so we're still seeing opportunity. I'd say it's harder to find great opportunities now than it was five, six years ago because you've got land costs up, construction costs up, uh, interest rates were rising, although now they've kind of flattened and maybe even coming in a little, but nonetheless more expensive than they were five years ago. Um, so you have all these cost factors coming online, and, and because the market has been so robust, you also have a lot of new supply uh, right. coming. And so, so I would say, I'd say at this point on new projects, we are cautiously optimistic. Um, we're, not, we're, we're still doing deals. I uh, just closed on a new deal downtown Fort Lauderdale a few months ago. Um, but we're turning down a lot more deals. Uh, we're being more, uh, more um, you know, scrutinizing uh, the, the numbers a lot more. And we're being more patient. And I think that's a proof thing to do at this point of the cycle. Yeah. 2011 to 2014 uh, was completely different. Uh, the market didn't look as um, sure as it does now, sure put it as it does now. But land was cheap. 
Uh, there was a lot of distress, a lot of opportunity, and so we were very aggressive during those times um, because of that long-term view of the market. Uh, and now we're, like I said, just cautiously optimistic. Oh, great. So is there any uh, particular project or projects you are, you know, could we help you out? Is there anything uh, you want to plug today or uh, it's just uh, moving along? I mean, you know, we started with hotels. So I'd love to just talk a little bit about what we're doing in Fort Lauderdale. Sure. Um, you know, the the last property that my, my parents bought together before my dad passed was a property called the Tropicay. And, uh, you know, we've now torn that down, uh, which is also Spring Break Motel, and we're building a Four Seasons there. Uh, and so, um, you know, that's kind of exciting. I think the evolution of our business is, and, and even the Fort Lauderdale market is told kind of through that story. We started off. Yeah, not even, uh, you know, called 30 years ago at Spring Break Motel, and, and now we're building a five-star luxury resort on the same site. Um, we're, but at the same time, we're building a Hilton Hotel downtown Fort Lauderdale, which, um, you know, we never thought we'd necessarily be in the downtown market. And, right. you know, for forever there were very few hotels, and now there's a lot of hotels because we have a robust, thriving downtown. Um, and then one project that's passionate for me is, um, is, that's just about to open. It's called the Gale. It's a boutique hotel, Pro Beach. But it's a, um, you know, one, it's a boutique hotel, which we don't have a lot of. We have a lot of great brands in Fort Lauderdale, but we're missing kind of the true boutique product. Uh, and two, uh, it's a historic renovation of, uh, of the old Escape Hotel, which was developed by Bob Gill, who's really one of the, the godfathers sure. of, of Fort Lauderdale hospitality, his first hotel. Uh, it's, it's a historic building. We've uh, we've respected the history, designated it historic, and now we're going to revive it in a cool, uh, modern way, but still paying tribute to the you know the history. I mean, this property is really creating Fort Lauderdale as a hospitality destination, and so take a lot of pride in being able to own that and renovate that and bring that to life. So um, I think all three hotels; those are the three hotels we're currently doing in Fort Lauderdale. I think they all tell a cool story about different aspects of how Fort Lauderdale has changed and how, how exciting and robust the hospitality market is here. Yeah, that's a little bit of a change from the Tropicay to the Four Seasons. I'm sure there won't be too many spring breakers checking in there, but these days with uh, parents being uh, extra rich, I, maybe there will be a lot of kids checking into the Four Seasons. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, I mean, like, as long as they have their, uh, you know, that Platinum Amex uh, from mom and dad will... Uh, and they follow the rules. We'll, we'll yeah, let them stay. you let them in. Well, those are three exciting projects. And uh, Dev, thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate your family story. I pre and and Dev is and and his mother. Um, uh, Romola are amazing philanthropists in town. I want to thank you for that as well, supporting the community, knowing where you came from and, uh, and helping out. And I think that we're all in this together and uh, you do a great job. So thanks for coming on again today. Andy, thanks for everything you do too. You guys obviously do a great job in the community and uh, it's always fun to work together. And, you know, we appreciate that. We, we've gotten a lot from this community. And so we feel, you know, it's our obligation to give back. And, um, you know, we obviously just had our, our sixth air show that we, that we put on and uh, help bring that back because, you know, it was important to our beach community and uh, we want to do our part to help those businesses that, uh, you know, that we grew up around and, uh, and, you know, it's just, uh, that's, as my best friend said, that's our, our local Super Bowl. So uh, we appreciate all your support and everything that we do. 
and uh, look forward to continuing to work together. Excellent. Yeah, great plug for the air show. Come on down to Fort Lauderdale, stay in some of these beautiful hotels and uh, come to the air show and come to the other events. And and, uh, thanks so much again for coming on today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Hey, Jessica, you know what time it is? Money time? Almost. It's time for Listing of the Week. Yes, we're back with Listing of the Week, and we have Tom Milana in, uh, who seems to keep uh, being our international specialist. And we have two bed and breakfasts or hotels, small hotels, uh, in uh, Europe. And so, Tom, why don't you tell us about these unique properties that are for sale? Yeah, Andy, thanks again uh, for allowing me to be here. Um, We have recently listed two bed and breakfasts for sale, which would make a great retirement project for anybody. Uh, One is in the world-famous Tuscan region of Umbria, Italy, uh, a very, very well-known location, a very well-known hotel consisting of about 12 rooms and a world-famous restaurant that a lot of celebrities frequent. Uh, This hotel is um, about two hours north of Rome, about two hours south of Florence, right in the middle, uh, sitting on a beautiful hilltop, about 650 meters above sea level. And um, like I said, it it consists of 12 rooms. It's owned by a family, uh, really fabulous, serene type of setting. So if you're looking for the perfect Italian getaway for a retirement project or you're just looking for a fabulous estate. Uh, this can be yours for as little as $3 million. Wow. Sounds like an incredible place. I know you travel around a lot and you know a lot of good places. So these two places are in uh, pretty solid areas for tourism. Yeah, actually, the the second listing that we took, another bed and breakfast, uh, is in the old city of Cadiz, Spain. Uh, if you don't know, Cadiz, Spain sits on the east coast of the Atlantic Ocean, happens to be one of the ports where Christopher Columbus actually left from. And we have a beautiful apartment hotel in the old section of the city. Um, It's got seven suites, including uh, little kitchenettes, living rooms, uh, and a uh, first-class restaurant serving amazing Spanish cuisine. Uh, this property can be yours for as little as $3.4 million. That sounds great. So how best to get in touch with you if uh, somebody wants to inquire? Right. So uh, you can reach me uh, always through email, which is tom at tworld.com or my direct cell phone, which works internationally, um, including what's up app at 561-702-6867. Thanks for coming in today. Great listings. Thanks, Andy. Thanks for tuning into our show today. If you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcasting app and leave us a review. If you have questions or suggestions for the show, visit us at tworld slash the deal board or email us at the deal board at tworld.com. Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule, so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.